0: And welcome, to, to Girls, Girls Who Grill, Who grill the premier podcast for grilling pop culture. Yep, I'm Amanda,
1: um, and I'm Nada, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you a story about Olivia Rodrigo right now.
0: Um, is this your so, What's on the Grill? We were just talking no, before. My, okay, this is just the pre What's yeah. on the Grill. Okay, this yeah. is like the marinade before the grill.
1: Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> I'm loving the meat um metaphors (laughs) they really just keep me going week to week Mm -hmm. um oh i also wanted to shout out to our number one fan lauren queen who Mm -hmm. was dming me about our last episode and i was like thanks for listening to the podcast because i thought she was just listening to it because she's our friend but actually she said it's a really good podcast it made me feel happy
0: inside
1: um, and I want to tell everyone at the top of the episode that if you have been enjoying listening to our freaky voices make meat puns <laughs> and talk about pop culture, you should leave us a rating. Write us a review yeah. on Apple Podcasts. We want more people to listen. Mm-hmm. And we are both elderly geriatric gen z Mm -hmm. millennial cuspers who can't
0: figure out how how to do this we don't even have an instagram we don't have social media for it no we need need more we need more listeners and then we'll be able to put more energy into promoting it
1: exactly which probably is backwards in (laughs) the scope of actual life but like that's how we feel emotionally exactly so yes, that's just that's just something that I wanted to say at the top of the podcast. But yes, Olivia Rodrigo. So my friend Max, friend of the pod, Max <laughs> Fully Keen, best name ever. Um, he tweeted that he doesn't understand Olivia Rodrigo. Let me actually find his tweet so that this is um, Okay, so it says Sorry Zoomers, dash. M-. I I don't get Olivia Rodrigo at all! Exclamation And I think as a wizened 22 year old I must be heard um, <laughs> So I liked that tweet because I wanted to stand in solidarity with him but I stan Olivia Rodrigo. I think she's so cute So he DM'd me like 10 minutes after I liked it. And he was like, um, he was like, everyone who doesn't understand Olivia Rodrigo is exactly our age. And I was like, I'm so sorry <laughs> to do this to you, but I just like your, liked your tweet to stand in solidarity with you. I actually love Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> um, and he was like, Oh no. <laughs> like I could, I could see his face fall through the
0: dm (laughs) through the dm yeah
1: yeah. but we did bond over our mutual misunderstanding of tiktok Mm -hmm. um i was like because i was like me my love of olivia rodrigo is the only thing that makes me feel like i can relate to the tiktok teens because i Mm -hmm. uh,
0: girl i do not understand Um, what is going on i've had like three people reference tiktoks like five times yesterday it's, it's I'm everywhere. making a
1: horrified face for I people know. who are listening.
0: And me and Eleanor are just like, We don't we don't understand. We're not on TikTok. We don't know anything what's going on. How can we grill pop culture? We're not even in the Exactly. I mean
1: I'll find a way, but I even like, I don't even care about
0: like TikTok drama Mm -hmm, because it's
1: so obviously fake to me. Like, I could have a what's on the grill that is that's about this like weird TikTok love square, but I know it's just invented to promote a song that two of them are coming out with. So,
0: like,
1: I don't don't even want to invest myself. I guess this is how Gen X feels about YouTube. Like, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense to them. Um, but. Oh, yeah, and all the jobs that I'm applying to right now, just so you know, guys, I am unemployed and very attractive, so if you would like (laughs) me to work for your company, please check out my website. I have a bunch of my qualifications on there, Um, but all the jobs I'm applying for right now are, like, must be TikTok savvy, and I'm, like, I'm 78 years old. What What jobs are these? Like, Net like media jobs, oh, social okay. media management jobs, like intern positions. They're like, we want someone to run our social media. Yeah. TikTok is a must, and
0: it's like, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, I don't understand, but I mean, you could. I guess you could sell your soul to get a job, and we could have a consultant on to teach us about what, what <laughs> <talk> is <laughs>
1: fifteen <a> year old twelve dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah an intern of the podcast <laughs> please teach us what tiktok is yeah that sounds good okay should we get to our first segment what's on the grill
1: yes what's on the grill
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay i want you to go first because i just talked a bunch. okay i'll go first which is i so i in terms of watching movies i normally love going to the movies i love kind of staying up to date on like what's going on um the oscars came and went did not matter at all was the least i cared about it ever um i only saw one movie that was kind of related or that was like nominated i think just nomadland um Mm -hmm. and then this weekend i was like i guess i should watch at least one movie like the only other movie i actually um was like kind of vaguely interested in because it got a lot of good press at the beginning. Um, was promising young woman. Yeah, and I also heard a lot of negative backlash come out after the fact. Like, oh, um, not a lot, but just a a little bit of, is this like mostly like is the ending good? And I heard mm-hmm. a little bit of is this a good movie, but not much. For the most part, it was like an extremely positive response when the movie just came out. Um, have you mm-hmm. seen this? this movie at all i haven't um Mm -hmm. because i don't know how to and i'm
1: too lazy to research it but (laughs) carrie mulligan is my favorite actress so i have plans to watch it yeah i just like haven't yet
0: okay so i won't like i don't want to ruin your experience by like telling you too much about what i think or Mm -hmm. anything but i just want to say it was a big disappointment for me i Uh, really thought it would be it would hit harder
1: yeah
0: more weight to it especially because I read this um the writer Carmen Maria Machado wrote this like beautiful essay about it Uh and I loved it and then I saw the movie and I was like this is kind of fine I guess but the reaction I had was the trailer was way better like it seemed Uh. that was like the trailer was like the best part of it and then it couldn't really hold up to The feeling that you got when you watched that. So that was my reaction, which I was kind of disappointed about because I haven't seen many good movies or films this year. So Mm -hmm. I was hoping that would be a good one. So that's my, like, what's on the grill of, like, trying to, I guess, to dip my toe back into not just watching TV and, like, seeing what's out there. Yeah. Um,
1: I will say I did love Carrie Mulligan's dress at the Oscars. Thought she oh, was, yeah.
0: No, um, I love Carrie Mulligan, too. And I thought she did a good job.
1: Yeah. There just wasn't
0: much going on. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But Maybe when I watch, watch it, it, we can
1: have a deeper discussion. Yeah, that could be um, interesting. Yeah. My What's on the Grill is also sad, a little Um, But Mm. it's because I, like, wasn't super keyed into pop culture news this week. Um, So I just, like, thought of this as I was driving. But this is about another podcast that I listen to Mm. all the time. It's not, like, sad, sad. It just Mm -hmm. is, like, a little disappointing. Mm. Um, But I got super into podcasts, like, four years ago when I um, started driving to school because I needed something to listen to while I was driving, and I got sick of all the music that I listened to. So, I started listening to this podcast um that I just like found on Apple Podcasts called Myths and Legends. Um I don't know if have you listened to it, Amanda?
0: What is it? It's called Myths
1: and Legends.
0: What but what is say about? Is it just myths? They, like, and- yeah, they like tell myths throughout from like throughout oh. history. I think i yeah. may have listened to like a, one or two actually randomly. Yeah, when I was abroad, I, I was curious it. about it. Yeah, I used to listen
1: to it religiously, um, Mm -hmm. like literally all the time, and then I kind of fell off it for a while, and I've been trying to, like, get back into it, so I started from the beginning, Um, and (laughs) it just, I didn't even notice this the first time I was listening through, or, like, as I was scrolling through, but then Mm -hmm. I was listening to one of the earlier episodes, and the host, it's run by this guy and his wife um he's white and his wife is of asian descent i'm not Mm -hmm. sure from where um but they basically they so they like pick myths from different places and then they retell them on the show and it involves a lot of research and like taking maybe like fragmented and contradictory stories and cobbling them together into a coherent narrative mm-hmm. um so I was listening to one episode and he started the episode by saying I've I know this is from like five years ago too he was like I've heard a lot of people talk about how um there's not enough like diversity in the myths that we're telling like they're mostly from Europe and that's mostly just because I'm like a student of English literature." And so there's only so much that I personally know exists, but like if there are people who are listening who know myths from other places, you can record yourself telling the story and then send it in and I will mix it and upload it to the feed as a bonus episode. Um, That did not happen. I've never, I haven't seen any of those bonus episodes. as far like So, as far as I know, I don't think mm-hmm. that that's happened. But the other thing is that, like, in the five years since the podcast started and now, still majority of the stories that they tell are ones mm-hmm. from, like, Europe or Asia, yeah. one or the other. There's, like, sprinkled in there a few from, like, the Middle East. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll tell a story from the Pacific. Pacific Islands or Latin America and once they told a story from sub-Saharan Africa so Mm. it just isn't really very diverse and it started to bother me as I was like driving (laughs) that's actually why I was late because I sat in my car in the parking lot of Target um, (laughs) writing a message to them basically just saying like I think that it's important for a show that has this far of a reach that Mm. is like purporting to be about myths from around the world and like various different cultures mm-hmm. to make the effort not and not put the onus on the listeners
0: mm-hmm. but to
1: actually like make the effort itself to look into and do the research to tell stories from cultures outside of Europe and Asia so I just I wrote them a message and I was like I've I really think it's important for you to try and tell stories from sub-Saharan Africa and Latin America and Oceania because they also have myths and they have mm-hmm. legends. And if you're not going to do that, like you may as well call the show Myths and Legends of Europe and Asia as mm-hmm. opposed to like myths and legends.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, that's, that's my grow. Well, hopefully that gets through them a little bit. I
1: hope so. I mean, I don't even know if they, like, read messages or reviews. They have, like, 24,000 reviews on iTunes, so I I have no idea. But,
0: yeah, I just thought I would make the effort. Okay, should we get into our main topics for today? Yes. Let's let's do it. So, today we are talking about three different Netflix original series. Um, Yeah. So, the first one that we're going to talk about is well we can decide which one to go first but marriage yeah. or mortgage which is a show that nada and i recorded a whole podcast about that got a race to history
1: yeah
0: it's and lost is a show that i watched two episodes of both with my mom and could not bring myself to watch anymore yeah on my own <laughs> i could not do it
1: and then we're yeah. also going to talk about um Ginny and Georgia which is another mm-hmm. Netflix original that took the internet by storm a couple mm-hmm. of months ago and <laughs> we have
0: some opinions <laughs> oh yes we have some opinions and then lastly we are going to talk about um Nader's favorite series which I finally watched an episode of Teenage yeah. Bout and Honey why can I say Teenage <laughs> i keep wanting to say teenage mutant bounty hunters that's not what it's that's called. Funny. no um teenage bounty hunters yeah so those are three and i think i think like the first two are really diving into the netflix algorithm and whatever mm-hmm. they throw out at us and the third yeah. one is potentially we will get into it but maybe something that is surprisingly good
1: yeah i think it's like the i think it's like the um the, like, positive side of the Mad Lib Netflix TV formula, I guess, Mm -hmm. where you just, like, throw three words in a pot and then decide that the show is going to be about that, and then Mm -hmm. it is. Um, Yeah. But we can get started with – Yeah, so, uh, sorry, like Amanda said, we want this to be a much larger discussion about Netflix original series and whether they're any good – And also, like, why, if they're not good, why they might kind of suck and why that might kind of be a part of Netflix's business model.
0: (laughs) Mediocrity.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) If you're listening to this Netflix and it makes you not want to hire us, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You really need a Uh, job. Yeah. Yeah. But, like,
0: we can make it better. Truly.
1: Exactly. We're here to provide constructive criticism, mm-hmm. not to just have a complete takedown of you as a business. Yes. Yes. So
0: we, I guess we can start with marriage or mortgage. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Which is, if you've never heard of it, this is Netflix really starting to delve into the HCTV market. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think Netflix has been finding that it's having a lot more success with making its own reality shows, Mm -hmm. um, which they're just just like, wow, this is very much a winning formula. Um, And Marriage or Mortgage is a show sort of similar to like Love It or List It or some of those shows where a couple has to choose. The premise is absurd, which is that in this economy (laughs) – In this, economy, <laughs> in, this <economy. laughs> in this economy, you can either buy a house or have a wedding. So there's these two very odd looking, sorry, that's me. But there's two oh, yeah. like very um, straight, they don't have the best chemistry. Yeah. Um, Women with like, they both have the same exact color of dyed red hair which yeah. i find hilarious. Yeah. Um and one of them is a wedding planner and the other one is a real estate agent and basically they're both trying to win over the couple of like if they're going to get a house or if they're going to get a wedding.
1: Yeah. Um and so so yeah each episode a couple goes on the show and they go to like a series of wedding related mm-hmm. places and then also like a series of houses and they have to decide which is the better bang for their buck cuz they're like we have $30,000 we can either spend it on a house or we can spend it on a wedding. Um and the sad part about the show is that they filmed it like <laughs> right before COVID. And so like all the people who chose marriage either had to cancel their weddings or just like actively had a COVID <laughs> marriage. Like they just had like an unsafe wedding in the middle of a pandemic. Um
0: so that's fun. It's truly um, the only thing I can think about when I watch the show. Oh, same. I'm like, (laughs) I'm
1: looking at the times to see how long between filming and their alleged weddings that passed. And then Mm -hmm. if it's like nine months or 10 months, I'm like COVID wedding. They got married (laughs) in the middle of, and they'll be like, it'll be like a packed room, but there's like open windows and I'm like COVID wedding. (laughs) It's a COVID wedding. There's no masks. Never a mask in sight. But Mm -hmm. I know. I know. Um, So yeah, I just this the premise of the show is just absolutely utterly ridiculous. Like, the idea to me, me personally, the idea that it would be a struggle to pick between purchasing a house and having a large, over the top wedding is like, utterly baffling and there's some people who they they have to come up with like storylines for them so the mm-hmm. reason at the beginning that they want a house is like they've been living in a teeny apartment for 10 years or their parents are they like live separately in their parents house or like one of the couples wanted to get married because they were saving themselves from marriage <laughs> they like they lived together already, I think, mm-hmm. but they were saving themselves for marriage. And one of the guys would go to his fr- his like best friend's house and sleep there. He would spend his whole day at the house with his fiancé and then move to his best friend's house and sleep at his best friend's house at night. So he wouldn't get tempted <laughs> and then go back in the morning. Was this a
0: gay couple? No, they were straight. Oh, I thought you said one of the guys. That's why I was oh, like. Oh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was there's like... No, there's no, yeah, there's no gay male couples. There's two, okay. I think, lesbian couples on the show, but... Yeah, because yeah. there's also, like, the lesbian couple was one of the episodes I saw where they were, like, extremely Christian. So I was yeah. curious if that was, like, if every episode was, like, extremely Christian gay couples. <laughs> every episode is, is extremely Christian, but, like, yeah. in different
1: ways. Yeah. I think... And I... Oh... That, this is something I want to come back to, but I think that that's one of the failings of this show, mm-hmm. is that I feel like HGTV is really good at being clandestinely Christian yeah. and clandestinely Republican. Yeah. I talked about this yeah. the last time we recorded this. I'm pretty sure like 90% of the hosts on HGTV are Trump supporters. Ninety percent. Like I think maybe one property brother did not vote for Donald Trump in twenty sixteen. But like yeah, outside the question, of that.
0: The question is if it's Zoe De boyfriend or the other one. Who well, I don't know exactly. which is which. We and know. we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never
1: know. They won't tell us. And also this is alleged, so please don't sue me. But <laughs> that so yeah, that is like that I think is the main difference between marriage or mortgage and HGTV is that they just They went a little too hard on the Christ, and it could be Mm -hmm. alienating for some viewers.
0: Yes, I think that's true, and also the two, I guess, hosts of Mm -hmm. those two women have zero chemistry with each other. Yeah. It falls very flat when they're bickering or trying to have some kind of banter they're rarely not
1: bickering though they're (laughs) often like being making like very pointed digs at one Mm -hmm. another and i think that like the premise is that they run a business together where they sell houses and also
0: wedding weddings
1: that might not be true but like they have an office they're like we're going back to the marriage or mortgage offices and it's like and so do you just do you just like weekly have fights about whether you're going to emotionally manipulate a couple into buying a house or getting married like
0: what are you talking about that weird building that they always started in the beginning yeah and no, they, I, that they I,
1: always I, ended
0: that's I, i'm telling you that's just some random um basically um, studio apartment that I'm sure Netflix rented out for the series because that's oh. what Queer Eye does they'll just like rent out some random place to like have them like oh, hang out in I fully believe that but yeah. I think that they like said at the beginning
1: of the show that they have a they have a business together or something like that's that that's very weird I don't understand yeah it. It's, yeah, it's it's re- It's really very weird. Um, but, yeah, they don't really have very good chemistry together, and they're constantly mm-hmm. making
0: weird digs at each other. Yeah, um, and the emotional manipulation of the people is truly unreal. We can talk about one of the yeah.
1: episodes that mm-hmm. we both watched, because, mm-hmm. oh, would I say it was wild. I watched this show with my niece, Mm -hmm. I was like, let's watch this because I got to watch it for the podcast. And she was like, okay. And she loves every TV show. Like, we're about to talk about Ginny and Georgia. She loves Ginny and Georgia. She's so desperate for me to finish it because she thinks it's amazing. Um, So she loves all TV. And I put this on, this particular episode on, and she was like, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) She was like, I cannot watch another episode of this show. I refuse. Um... Oh, dear God. Do you want to explain what happens in this yeah. one?
0: Yeah. So there's basically this couple, um, and there's, like, it's, like, very stereotypical. There's, like, the princess, like, super feminine, girly girl, mm-hmm. and, like, wants a big wedding, and she wants a house, she wants it all, and she's, like, the particular one, and then there's, like, her fiancé, who's, um, like, in the army or i don't know marines something but he's about to go off to war so basically they need a house immediately so that they can like she can be settled and they can start a family together but in the first meeting she talks about how i think a couple weeks ago her grandpa and what does she call him she calls him something very specific do you remember her granddaddy? Him? Yeah, her granddaddy. Um, she died. calls him her granddaddy. Yeah, yeah. He like had passed away two weeks ago. Which, when I first heard, I was like, "Oh, that's really sad." And she cried, and it was like an emotional moment on the show. But I kind of thought that would be where it stopped because it, it was just like this moment where she was like, "He would have wanted me to have a house. He would have wanted me to be mm-hmm. near my family." And I was like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. sweet." But then this. <laughs> Was every five minutes, these like the wedding and the real estate lady kept bringing this up, and then they both, in the end, in the last ditch effort to get her to choose one of their things. The whole time, she was basically being at least the show edited her to make her seem like super critical and like really particular. Mm -hmm. Like I can't live here. There's not stairs exactly when you walk in or I don't like the barn door when it's like, you could just take out the barn door if you like everything about this house. Um, And that, well, all that was going on. And then finally at the very end, the wedding lady was like, here's this box of doves. You'll release this at your wedding (laughs) um, in honor of your your late (laughs) granddaddy and she started sobbing and i was like why is he a box of dust <laughs> and then the other on the other side the real estate agent had taken her to look at from our perspective two houses and all she was asking for was literally the most basic design ever which was just yeah. a big staircase and the most boring house ever yeah um and then <laughs> the real estate lady was like I can't find it. It's impossible. (laughs) So she brought her to this empty field and showed her this architecture, basically mock-up of like a design of like, we will build you this house. And then what was the thing with her grand her granddaddy was like
1: Oh, I think it was like really close to her parents' house. And she was like the real estate lady was like, Your granddaddy would have wanted you to be this close to your parents. Yeah. she started sobbing in the middle
0: of the empty no, field. No, but there was some, like, stone or something. She put something there. Wait. I'm pretty sure. Okay, can we pause for a second so I can actually yes. look at we're <laughs> recording. We're back, we're back. We, we looked it up. <laughs> can you tell the class? <laughs> yes! <laughs>
1: she, the real estate lady took them to an open field, and she put a rock grandfather's favorite saying on it and it's just a rock and of the empty field that says the love of family is the Lord's greatest blessing. <laughs> That's evil. That's purely evil and then she immediately starts sobbing, which of course because her grandpa just died and now his like voice
0: is personified in a rock on the ground yeah and it truly Ah. works because she's like um my fiance is about to be deployed i don't want to wait months and months for you to build a house but then that happens she starts crying and she's like this is what i gotta do just do it
1: yeah yeah like the emotional manipulation fully kicks in the, really, the wedding lady never stood a chance. Those yeah. doves... Those doves should have been carrying little sayings on their <laughs> um, wings. They, like, yeah. paint words on each too. of the doves' wings. Yeah. My god. Yeah, so this yeah. show is absolutely ridiculous. It's really hard to suspend your disbelief that this is a real um, crisis for any of these couples. Mm-hmm. Especially because I know... One of the episodes that I watched, okay, I said this last time you recorded as well, but, like, this is, I'm exactly the demographic that they are aiming this show at. Mm-hmm. Christian, 18 to 24, I grew up on HGTV mm-hmm. and Say Yes to the Dress and, like, weird wedding TV shows on TLC. for Weddings, I loved that shit. But because I watched all of those shows, I know it is physically impossible to fabricate a wedding gown in under 9 months. It just doesn't happen. You have to get they are made from scratch for each different bride. They might not all be bespoke, but you have to literally like construct them to fit the bride exactly. <laughs> so one of the episodes I watched, it said 3 months after filming, The couple got married, and one of the things in the episode was that the wedding lady took them to this wedding boutique and, like, helped her find her perfect Mm -hmm. dress. And they, like, I don't know, they, like, purchased it or whatever. No way, no way in hell, no way in Monty from Say Yes to the Dresses, from Say Yes to the Dress Atlanta's Earth, is somebody (laughs) making a dress for a bride in under six months. Three months is physically impossible. So I know, I know they had been there before. I know she had picked out that dress Mm -hmm. before. And I know they just added it to the show because they needed some spice. So it's, like, it's stuff like that. And also the fact that these couples are, like, not, they're not really great at acting. Yeah. And, like, selling... There's some couples on HGTV shows who are also, like, not great at acting. They, like, bring up fake dilemmas on Love It or List it all the time. And I'm like, this isn't real. Like, this isn't a real conversation that you're having right now. But, like, it's not... It's, it's always very clear to me whether they're going to choose marriage or mortgage. And it's also, like, stupid that they're actually having a crisis on television in front of me about whether they are going to have a home with walls and a roof that will protect them from the weather and keep them safe or have a symbolic party in somebody's gigantic barn in downtown Nashville to get married when they could just especially in the middle of a pandemic when they could just go to a justice of the peace or a random priest and get married there and then have a party that is expensive when they have saved up more money
0: for it yeah truly um that, that was great and i do feel like it's more obvious watching this than watching hgtv how fake the situation is and then not yeah. maybe because i'm more critical or just like smarter than i was <laughs> but also <laughs> i just happen. felt like i i didn't realize TV was fake until pretty recently yeah and i just kind of bought it. i was like this is great it's just kind of spoon-fed to you in this very nice way yeah and this show it's also i think trying to have that same effect of be kind of numbing and be spoon-fed to you but i was like way less invested and yeah. it felt, I think it just felt more boring. I was, it was less, like, flashy and exciting. Yeah.
1: They're, like, there, it's, and this is an issue with a lot of Netflix shows that we'll get into mm-hmm. later, but, like, it's because they don't have, I learned this from my TV writing class, Ew. Um. because there's not, like, built-in commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, natural story structure. So you're not, like, building up to a peak and then pausing and then yeah. trying to get yeah. people to, like, stay through the commercial break to come back and see what the like conflict was and mm-hmm. then like doing that over and over again until the conflicts in the show resolve themselves you're just you can just like sit there and yeah. watch it all the way through so it's kind of hard for any of the conflict because we're so used to that structure it's kind of mm-hmm. hard for any of the conflicts to really feel like real or like it like it is matching the stakes of the situation because we know that in 12 seconds it's just, we're just going to see what the resolution is if there is one or like in the case of other Netflix shows, it'll be at one level of conflict for Mm -hmm. like 38 minutes and then the conflict resolves itself in the last six minutes and then you're just exhausted.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think there's less rooms room for peaks and valleys it's more just a constant flat state which yeah. is why it feels kind of more tiring and like less exciting yeah yeah that's a good point. speaking
1: of tiring and less exciting our next show yeah Woo-hoo. can i <laughs> please uh, amanda please please let me explain this one. Oh,
0: please. it's all you because i watched this now a little while ago and i think it's fully left my mind so i need you to oh. refresh it Amazing. So
1: mm-hmm. uh, the Netflix original, Ginny in Georgia, is essentially trying, and they say this in the first episode, so they're aware of it, um, it's essentially trying to be like spicy Gilmore Girls, but mm-hmm. it's shot in Canada, so that's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll get into this later. But so it's about a mother and daughter pair, Virginia, whatever her last name is, and her daughter—I mean, her mother, Georgia, whatever her last name is—Georgia is a hot blonde bombshell who go, who flits from state to state, dating and marrying different men, and then fucking up their lives and setting them up for different crimes and/or murdering them. Um, and Georgia is her no Ginny. Oh my God! Can I start over? <laughs> No, I'm following you. That's Georgia. Okay, yes, that's Georgia. And Ginny is her biracial daughter who seems to have some sort of identity issues mm-hmm. within herself. But it's like it's like Gilmore Girls in the sense that like Georgia, I mean Ginny the daughter. See, it's very confusing to tell them apart. <laughs> Ginny the daughter is the more responsible one. And mm-hmm. she like watches her mom go through all these relationships and she's like, I'm never gonna be like that. But then like eventually ends up like that um and then georgia is the one who's like crazy and wild and she's always walking around in teeny tiny outfits and loves seducing men and getting her way um and it's like yeah the dynamic is like flipped i guess and then they also have she also ginny also has a little brother who i think his name is austin um yeah,
0: he's kind of irrelevant, I feel.
1: Yeah, he, like, doesn't – really. he's actually the reason that I didn't want to watch any more of the show, because I was like, oh, they're going to keep trying to, like, make drama with this small child, and I don't want to see that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm not going to watch this anymore. Um, But, yeah, that's essentially the sh- – oh, no, so the premise of the beginning of the show is that – georgia's husband has just died and he was the owner of a like chain of yoga studios or something i don't know he was super rich um and georgia married him so he just died and they are jenny and georgia and austin are moving from the south where they had been living up north to Massachusetts and Ginny has to like get used to this new school that she's in, but she's like used to moving around a lot. Um, And so she's like getting and meshing herself in the world of, I think it's called Westbury or something, Massachusetts.
0: Um, Yes. Yes. So this is the show that I watched and it just because it kept popping up and the trailer to start playing. And I just gave in. I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I told you about it. And there was like three people from Degrassi. So I was like, Nina, you would love this. But then yeah. I watched the first episode and I was like, I, I feel kind of tricked into being like, that was interesting. But then also I thought about it immediately afterwards and I felt it was bad. and like didn't care about it anymore but it felt like there was just enough intrigue to be like hmm maybe and then I didn't think about it ever again (laughs) it's it's very much one of those shows that
1: feels like like marriage or mortgage but in a different way feels like Mm. it was created by like a Netflix AI tool or something it was like people like Gilmore Girls and Orange is the New Black and mm-hmm. some other show and like rye comedies so let's what if we put them all together and in one show and then made them watch that and it's not good as a result yeah but, and it's I, trying to do too much i feel yeah I feel like a lot of the conflict is stuff that you can see coming from a mile away. Mm -hmm. Like, the first episode, the premise of the first episode is essentially, yeah, they move up north to Massachusetts, and then Ginny is, like, trying to navigate her relationship to her her mom's sexuality, which sounds (laughs) really weird to describe that way, Mm -hmm. but, like, whether she wants to follow her mom's footsteps in being a femme fatale or, like, carve a path for herself, like get things through using I guess yeah using her brain or her body but then Mm -hmm. as the episode progresses you kind of learn that it's not that simple like Georgia is using her body because she's smart and she understands like how the world works and she knows that like if she can she can manipulate people with her sex appeal so she's gonna do that And Ginny is using her brain, but then she realizes that, like, if she's really going to get what she wants in the moment, she's going to have to also, like, use her sex appeal and kind of manipulate people. Um, I say all that to say she, like, sees a hot guy across the street and falls in love with him, even though he's incredibly boring and has no personality. Um, And he happens to be sisters with sisters he happens to be the twin brother of the girl this girl who like decides to be jenny's best friend even though she's rude and kind of racist um named max i hate her <laughs> 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 it's only been one episode and i hate her um it's mostly because the first thing she said when she met Ginny was i've never met a black person before we have more starbucks here than black people and i'm like you don't live in fucking. You don't yeah. live in a sundown town in Kansas. You live in Massachusetts. <laughs> like, there, there, there's more than one black person up there. I'm absolutely positive. It's not to say that like Kansas is inherently more dangerous than Massachusetts, but it's not one of those places in Kansas where like if you are black you will die. So, yeah. I I was like you're just, are, and you don't watch TV. Like you've never. Never turn yeah, on the television. It seems
0: really like out of character, but that, that'd be the first thing she would say. Or maybe it isn't character, that's just who yeah. she is.
1: <laughs> but her character is stupid, is the yeah. problem. Like she doesn't really have a purpose in the show. It's mm-hmm. uh it's really weird. Um yeah. So that's kind of like Jenny's conflict is she has a crush on this guy. Um and then his sister exists.
0: <laughs> interesting ah! yeah but like her and that guy just start like hooking up almost immediately in the first episode and it's over in like two seconds like it's very weird the, how it progressed the speed of like making it were- to like suddenly he's like fingering her and it's been like two minutes and then it's over and he's like bye I never see you again I was like what, what just happened
1: there were things we need to talk about in this show <laughs> the like weird obligatory diversity, um, the like trying too hard to be the Gilmore girls sequel that we all wanted, the crime plot that doesn't make any sense and is actively stupid. And then also the fact that Jenny took off her shirt and Max's brother, whose name I can't remember, looked at her naked body and said nice. He looked at a naked human woman's body, a human girl, because she's 15, and said, nice. And then proceeded to finger her, I'm absolutely positive, dry vagina.
0: Oh, God. And then
1: insert himself into her. Oh, God. Orgasm. After 12 seconds. And then climb through the window and leave her naked in her bed.
0: Oh God, right horrible. before
1: she was going to tell him that she was a virgin i hate him and i think she should have punched him in the throat
0: yeah i think that's good that's, a, that's that should have been what happened
1: that was that was the point in the episode like until that point i was watching it and i was like okay this is like not great but i can kind of like I can sit here and <laughs> let this play as I'm doing other things. Yeah. But I got to that part in the episode and I was like, oh, I hate this. This is bad. This is, this is really absolutely terrible. And I think he's supposed to suck, but, like, there's a way that you can make a TV show about characters that are terrible and make me, like, care about them and want to root for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, is a good example of that. Yeah, I was going
0: to say if it's smart or clever enough or funny yeah. enough, then it works. But the, the show is none of those things.
1: No. And it's not, that's essentially why we want to talk about it because it's yeah. not trying to be. Yeah. It's really just trying to be something that you like put on to pass the time. Or if mm-hmm. you're under the age of 19, you binge watch in a weekend and then forget that it exists for the year that it takes them to produce another season
0: yeah and I think that is it's just the kind of thing that if you watch it quickly I don't think you're thinking about it that much but if this is yeah. coming out week by week I do feel like people would lose interest pretty quickly
1: oh yeah if this was this is the prime like freeform tv show yeah and it would first of all I think if it was on freeform it would be a lot better <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, by nature of the fact that Freeform is, like, versed in teen television. Yeah. I think, like, the writers for those shows are a lot better. But also, I think it would get... If it existed in this form, it would get cancelled after, like, five
0: episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: it's just not interesting. Mm-hmm. To us. To us. I mean, people like it. Like, this is just our opinion yeah. of it. But I do yeah. feel like it's not trying to be... Like, at some points, the dialogue was surprisingly... Fine, I was like, oh, this isn't super clunky, <laughs> surprisingly fine, <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like a lot, like, from what I expected in a lot of shows, like, when they try and be funny or when they try and like have like recreate Gilmore girls, like, quick wit dialogue, it just falls mm. so flat. And at times, I think just like a small version, like, obviously, like. like, 10% of what Gilmore Girls did with their writing, I was like, oh, okay, this is, like, interesting. Um, But then the characters and the story really fell flat for me, and then, like, I took a step back, and I was like, no, it wasn't that good. I was just, like, pleasantly surprised for a minute.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, I think the main issue for me is that, like, everyone is really just not interesting even the most interesting person to me is Ginny but she's Mm -hmm. also like not intelligent in a way that I think is out of the like normal range for a 15 year old girl like you can be horny I don't know maybe I'm judging her based off of my 23 year old standards but I I just find it exhausting how big of a crush she has on that guy
0: for Mm -hmm. absolutely no reason yeah maybe we're not prepared to have that story anymore maybe if we were younger we'd be i'd be like oh
1: he's hot i get it but like i don't it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me and like max is not likable her friends whose names i don't remember yeah not i did see a clip because I get, like, recommended on YouTube all the time, random clips from random TV shows. Yeah. And so I did see a clip of the, like, last episode of Ginny and Georgia. Like, the big confrontation scene that happens. And, like, in that scene, everyone is horrible. Like, they're Mm -hmm. all awful to each other, except Ginny. The worst thing that she does isn't even comparable to, like, the things that they say and do to her in that, like, two-minute span and i was mm. like
0: is this racism <laughs> like they're all yeah. turning on her and there's only black
1: person yeah
0: oh god yeah that's horrible
1: and i was like they're like you damn whore essentially and i was like no stop no. that like no, I'm,
0: i don't want to watch this anymore
1: yeah um but i think the point of this is kind of just that like the netflix model the netflix business model it seems is less focused on producing tv shows that Mm -hmm. are like iconic or um memorable because we we went from orange is the new black and house of cards those being and whether you think those shows are good or not they were constantly nominated for Emmys. They were the reason that people would subscribe to Netflix because yeah. they wanted to see those shows like when they came out once a year. And I feel like nowadays it's less about quality and more about quantity. Like they churn out as many shows as they can so that they have more content to keep people on the app, which in a way is smart because mm-hmm. like if as every network that has ever existed is making its own streaming service i'm pretty sure we're gonna have like a an ifc streaming service soon enough who even knows what the fuck ifc is ifc is it's just like that weird channel that i would watch malcolm in the middle on after school (laughs) um but like as they're all creating their own streaming services there'll be they might pull tv shows off of netflix like nbc he pulled The Office off of Netflix Mm -hmm. and now it's exclusively on Peacock. And so it makes sense for them to want to have more content on the app. And, but what ends up happening in that process is like they just make more shows that are not as good as the shows that they like got put on the Mm
0: -hmm. map for having. Yeah, and they're, yeah, it's more about keeping people to their seats than having any kind of meaningful or good quality experience. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like the, I don't know, I don't know why, I guess, to sell. I don't, I don't actually know because there's no like native, the only advertisement on Netflix is like native advertisement for different Netflix TV shows. So like, I don't know if they're selling more data to random advertisers who are then like using it to advertise to us on other sites. I have no idea.
0: But, like, I think there the- there is something about like time ta- people's attention. I- I've heard about this now. Like people's attention is like gonna be the next currency. So I think that is what they're going for. Cause that means that people will continue to have it and subscribe to it. Um which is incredibly scary because we're all of our attention spans are being sucked away. And that's what TikTok is doing hello um here is really weird i am that's so weird okay i don't know if i should say it again for the record i think it's fine i'll just yeah i think it's okay okay um but yeah that is that
1: is really scary to think about like people selling buying and selling attention Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. so weird but the issue is i don't know I don't know what the average Netflix user experiences though, because, like, if they're trying to keep me on the app or on the site or on the, like, mm-hmm. thing on my TV for longer, it's not working because I'll watch, like, half.
0: <laughs> I just put on really goofy sunglasses because I'm, like, sitting by my window. <laughs> I'm also, like, so tired and I feel hungover even though I'm not. For oh my all god right, I'm take so funny <laughs>
1: they're so Wait, big let me tell you they're so big but let <laughs> me tell you when we're done recording about the low FODMAP diet because I think it might help you with some oh. of your like um, like weird feelings in your body oh, yes. but okay. um, <laughs> yeah I just like keep seeing all of these TV shows that like suck and I'm like I don't want to watch this or I'll get like six episodes through a show and get bored because, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, the normal story structure that we're used to doesn't exist on Netflix because there's no advertisement. That's not to say I want advertisements yeah. on Netflix, but it is to say that, like, if they took the time, like, I think, I think the writing for streaming TV shows has to find... Find a way to take into account the way that we are used to consuming television. So, like, have mm-hmm. those peaks and valleys, even if there aren't going to be breaks. Yeah. As opposed to just like having a story that is way too long <laughs> with way too much information. Yeah. Just because you can have that. Like, Judy and Georgia doesn't need to be 10 episodes long. Yeah. It could easily be told in like
0: six. Yeah. Or shorter. Sh- yeah. Way shorter. Um, Should we move on to our final series? I think we should, because this is actually the good one. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you want to
1: explain it? Because I'm interested to hear from your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: this show is called Teenage Bounty Hunters. Yes. And it is about two um, twin teenage girls who are hilariously, they're just like really normal, super Christian, Christian, like, really rich girls who somehow stumble into becoming bounty hunters because they accidentally crash into this guy and, like, need to fix, get the money to fix their daddy's truck. I said it like that because that's how they say it. And it sounded wrong coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Um, So it kind of stumbles into this adventure. And the funny part is they're just really, like they're both like in this extremely like christian school and fitting into that world but also they're just like corny and like having sex yeah. and just like being depicted in a way i haven't really seen teenager teenage yeah. girls depicted in television really before which i think is like if i'm being honest when i watched the trailer i was like this looks cringy And I think if I was a teenager, I'd be like, oh my God, it's so cool. But I was like, I don't want to watch teenagers be like, talk about sex. Like, ew. But then I watched it and I was like, this is really good and important. And like, we have teenage boys talk about it all the time. So I had to examine my like bias about it of like why I was like turned off by that. But I think a lot of people probably had like a similar reaction to it because it's yeah. not very popular but it was extremely good and like yeah. from the begin- the whole episode I was like this is a really good show and their whole di- literally their banter and dialogue together everything about it I was like this is excellent this is excellent yeah. writing excellent and it's television really sad acting
1: because mm-hmm. it was canceled by Netflix mm-hmm. after one season i think that it's mostly because of like covid um, cuz netflix used to be known as the the like website that would bring back everyone's favorite cult tv shows and now they've canceled their very own favorite cult tv show um but so teenage bounty hunters is unfortunately no more but it is an example of a netflix show where you can do the netflix mad libs and come out with something great they put Mm -hmm. a bunch of words in a hat and pulled out teenage bounty hunters and we're like let's do this And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really funny. It's really smart. The -hmm. relationship between the sisters is so sweet. They have excellent chemistry, Mm -hmm. like you said, Amanda. And like, I think another aspect of it that I really enjoyed was like, it's telling the story of this like, super Christian, ostensibly Republican family in the Mm -hmm. South but, like, the young, the younger girls are a part of Gen Z, the twins, and mm-hmm. so they have different views to their family about the things that they grew up around, but they're also not, like, they, they're not completely, like, I guess, like, disavowing the way that they grew up in order to then be considered as, like, liberated, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, or, like, intelligent, like, Yeah, they're really Christian and they love Jesus. (laughs) I think in one episode, there's, like, two twins. One of them is, like, the the quote, she calls herself the slutty twin. Um, And she, like, wears black nail polish and listens to, um, I think it's, like, electro-Christian metal yeah. Yeah. like something like that yeah and then the other one is like the good twin and she's like blonde and she's the head of their prayer group and like all of this stuff and so they love jesus but they also like think that there should be regulations on guns and they believe that people should get be able to get married regardless of what their sexuality is and they <laughs> I, really, I really want you to keep watching the show okay. Because there's one episode where they go into a strip club to, like, get a bounty. Mm-hmm. And they walk in and they're like, these are the most beautiful women we've ever seen in our entire lives. <laughs> they're so happy. And, like, as the strippers are dancing, they're like, yes, amazing. Keep doing it. You're so liberated. We love you. It's great. I love them. Um, But, yeah. So I feel like that that is an important story to be told because they – they still have their roots. They're still connected to who they are as people, but Mm -hmm. they also are just like growing up Mm -hmm. on TikTok and they have like more of an awareness of Mm -hmm. the world um, than say maybe their parents and their grandparents do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't think I've seen a show that tells us exactly story in this way yeah which is
1: cool. I think the closest I've ever seen is the movie Saved. I don't know if you've watched that. No. I've not. Oh, Amanda, it's so good. It's on Netflix too, but it's about this like private Christian school in the south. But that movie is like it essentially this girl gets pregnant at the mm-hmm. school and she like has to hide it from everybody. Um but she does it because her boyfriend comes out as gay and she's like trying to convert him. And then he gets sent to conversion camp. It's a whole thing. But, like, Whoa. if you watch Whoa. that, that one is kind of, like, more so making fun of that whole world and, like, mm-hmm. the hypocrisy that can exist within Christianity. Mm-hmm. But also the the main character, the girl who gets pregnant, is still, like, genuinely Christian yeah. and, like, genuinely very Southern. But <laughs> it's kind of trying to, like, point out all of the
0: contradictions. hmm Yeah. No, that makes sense. yeah, any other thoughts about it? I mean, I guess the question is what is this doing that those the other Netflix originals aren't doing?
1: Yeah, I think it I think it just really takes advantage of story structure mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like the other shows aren't. like I looked at the list of episodes for Virginia and Georgia and let me actually just look at them again. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I just saw the. crying girl from marriage or mortgage oh no No. I'm not I want to be clear too that earlier I wasn't laughing at her because she was grieving I was laughing because of the way that the like weird manipulation was happening
0: yeah yeah no she seems uh, fine I feel like the show just did her dirty by like editing her in that way so I wish her the best
1: yeah um, but, like, the episodes of Jenny and George are, like, 58 minutes, 50 minutes, 51, 54. They're, like, weirdly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the Teenage Bounty Hunters episodes, this might not be true, but I feel like every episode is, like, a tight 42 or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, 45, 42, 43. So I feel like they're, like, taking advantage of story structure. And there are those inbuilt peaks and valleys. because. Mm -hmm. is inherent to the plot of the show like every episode they are looking for a different bounty and so there's like the Mm -hmm. plot of them looking for the bounty and then also the plot of whatever they're going through at home or at school um wait Mm -hmm. you looked
0: like you were gonna say something oh I was just gonna say that's interesting because from what I know about Um, like uh, what was like an hour television slot wasn't like 42 Mm -hmm. minutes without commercials like exactly that amount so I do feel like they're kind of trying to recreate that but the advantage of being on streaming and not being on like prime time is that I think they can have like more frank discussions about sex or show things that they wouldn't be able to depending on like what network they were on so i think if anything the netflix platform gives it more freedom as opposed to like the freedom creating it to sometimes too much freedom can let things become muddled and like not have enough structure to thrive but this is like i think a good freedom to have yeah
1: it's like freedom in terms of content rather Mm -hmm. in terms of rather than like in terms of structure Mm -hmm. and to like Jenny and Georgia is talking about sex in a frank way, but and I don't think it's trying to do it well. Yeah, because like I feel like the sto- the like whole thing with Georgia, I mean Jenny losing her virginity was supposed to like suck and be terrible. Um, oh my god, her name is Virginia and she lost her virginity in the first episode screaming. Um, uh, yeah. isn't that nasty? But it feels uh I don't know. It it feels like, like it feels like the teenagers in Teenage Bounty Hunters are having sex because they want to, mm-hmm. as opposed to because it's supposed to like signify something for the narrative plot yeah. of the show. Like, how freaking weird is it that your fifteen year old main characters' virginity is like a linchpin of the? deeper story that you're trying to tell
0: about yeah. women and how
1: they relate to their
0: sexuality like that's very weird to me at yeah. least yeah i mean i think it could be good or interesting but it's like not it, the way it treats it is that, like weird
1: yeah a place yeah. where it's good and interesting is if you've ever seen the movie diary of a teenage girl that's also mm-hmm. about like a 15 year old girl discovering her sexuality mm-hmm. i think she's like having an affair mm-hmm. with her mom's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's, like, I don't know. It has, like, things that I think are interesting to say about that as
0: opposed to just being,
1: like, look at her fucking...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's becoming the evil woman, like her mother, instead of saying innocent. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. There is also a very good teen noir video on YouTube that I will probably link in the description of this episode All about Ginny and Georgia and the like trope of the femme fatale Mm -hmm. um, which I watched before I had watched the show so I didn't really understand what she was talking about in terms of the show but now that I've seen it I feel like I get it a lot better.
0: I think that's interesting in comparing the two shows that were the most recent ones of Ginny and Georgia and um, Teenage Bounty Hunters because you could argue that like Teenage Bounty Hunters is also, like, a little bit, not femme fatale in, like, the sexual way, but it's, like, Mm -hmm. they are these, like, I guess, badass women going off and doing it, but it's not, from the first episode, it's not coupled with their sexuality. It's just, Mm -hmm. like, those are two things that happen to be happening.
1: Yeah, and just so that you know, like, at the beginning of the show, and you should definitely go watch it, because the more people who watch Teenage Bounty Hunters, the slightly higher likelihood that somebody will revive it um but i could even just like they take the exact same show and like cast slightly younger Mm -hmm. actors and just like post a new first season somewhere and then keep going from there and i'd be fine with that like i'd be absolutely okay with that but the in the first episode the like good sister, quote-unquote, decides that she wants to have sex with her boyfriend. And mm-hmm. so she just does Um, within, like, the first three minutes of the show. And that is kind of the inciting incident. But because, because they were out so late and she was having sex with her boyfriend in the truck, then they got into the car accident and then they ended up running into the bounty hunter, who they later start working for at the yogurt shop that is also a front for a bounty hunting business. <laughs> and then... Like, everything spools from there. Yeah.
0: Um, but – Which is is interesting that it's, like – I feel like a less interesting show would have just made her stay, like, the virgin good, like, Madonna and the other one be, like, the, core. you know, core, basically, and keep yeah. that dichotomy. But it's immediately, like, messed up within the first two minutes of the show, which I love.
1: And that happens in Ginny and Georgia, too. Like, Ginny goes from being the, like, Madonna of their Mm -hmm. dynamic to, like, also uh, having sex. (laughs) Like, her (laughs) mother has sex. But it's not – I don't know how to explain it. It's, like, a traumatizing experience for her rather than being something that can be empowering. And that, Mm -hmm. like, makes it seem like – like, in that show, it feels like sex is just a tool – which, yeah. I mean, it can be. And that's a story they're trying to tell more power to them, whatever. But I just think it's more interesting in Teenage Bounty Hunters where they're, like... they that Both of the girls have ownership over their sexuality the entire show. And everything that they do is because they want to and because mm-hmm. they're curious and not because they're beholden to any other standards than their own. And, like, they, it does get messy. They do get in trouble. It's never like a perfect or straight line it's always Mm -hmm. like a kind of weird winding road but it's it's interesting to watch them navigate that and not be punished for it by the Mm -hmm. show
0: yeah yeah that's the thing that's so true wow well i'm glad you finally got me to watch it because i'll i'll watch the whole thing now
1: i'm glad you finally watched it and part part of the club yeah this is just to say like don't watch Ginny and Georgia. Go watch Teenage Bounty Hunters, Yeah, I mean, it already has a second
0: season. That's the end. That's our takeaway from this. Oh, the last thing that I
1: wanted to say is that I always know when a show is filmed in Canada because apparently there's only 12 actors in Canada and they've all been on Degrassi and Uh Schitt's Creek. Uh So that's how I knew that Ginny and Georgia, I was like, this isn't Massachusetts. (laughs) This is Canada. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Wow. Well, there you go. Netflix originals. Yep. And Netflix's
1: freaky weird algorithm that is trying to turn us into
0: television zombies. Mm -hmm. Let's fight back. Fight back against the algorithm.
1: Exactly. We can be smart consumers of television. We can not watch TV shows when we find them to be incredibly boring. (laughs)
0: that's what I'm trying to do that's, yeah. I'm glad I, I could have watched all of Ginny and Georgia but then I I took a, a slight pause and then mm-hmm. I was cured yeah I feel
1: really bad for Lillian though she wants me to finish it mm-hmm. so bad but like I just can't do it I, I do. this is one of those things that I'm like this is for your generation yeah for one for you one for me yeah. exactly if I had been 15 when this came out I would have loved it no nah, it's not happening
0: all right. Well, any other thoughts? Any other last-minute things? I don't think so. I think we've set our piece. Set our pieces. as well. Thanks for another great episode of Girls Who Grow. Girl. We'll be back next yeah. week. We're back in our groove. Like, this is it. We're, we're back yeah. to doing this. And we're going to – And so
1: the show, the show will be coming out from now on on Tuesdays. It was just kind of hard to manage um, to putting it out on Fridays because yeah. Amanda has – a big girl job and I have an inferiority complex. And so it's just, it's hard to coordinate those two things, and, you know? So, but now we have weekends to work on it, Mondays yeah. to
0: schedule it and Tuesdays it'll come out to you guys. Yeah. We love you all. Our yeah, we do. Fans. Right. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. So you can follow um, me on Instagram at, just Amanda Feinberg, I think. I'll have to mm-hmm. figure that yep. out. And then you can follow me on um, Twitter, Amanda Panda Show. What you about can
1: you? follow me on Instagram at Nada J O A O. Why I spell the last name like, like the first name isn't hard to spell to any IDA. and I have a YouTube channel. My name on there is Nada Teresa, any Teresa with no H. And I also announced this the last time we recorded it, but mm. it got lost to the ether. Mm i came out with a tarot
0: website
1: oh my god um i have a <laughs> she's surprised like she hasn't doesn't know the intimate details Why? oh my god <laughs> wait um, what I, came up, I came out. came with a tarot website it is called the catholic mystic dot co on there i am writing blog posts there should be one coming out about gay tiktok very very soon um and I also sell tarot reading. So if you click on the shop tab, you can go there and buy your very own tarot reading from me. I will send you a five to 45 minute long video of me just reading whatever energy you want me to read. So that again is at the Catholic mystic.co or if you hate Catholics mm-hmm. and you don't like Catholicism, that's totally fine. I also have the URL Nada Teresa N e i d a T r t e r e s a dot com so. you have
0: two domains how does I do. that work that's one hilarious of
1: free. Oh. one of them was free One of them wasn't free the other one cost me money so I was like why not just get both
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um that's great Nada gives great tarot readings when she she was here like last weekend was it last weekend for her birthday yeah. which was so fun and gave me a two really intense hair readings <laughs> yeah which was i think very accurate so i would pounce on this opportunity if you
1: if you yeah thank yeah. you so much for the rousing endorsement mm-hmm. and thank you all for listening to our episode yeah.
0: love you all see you next week see you next week bye bye